Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hi there, good evening and welcome to this Ibrox. This is your Sunday session for Sunday the 13th of August. My name's Scott Patterson. If you're joining us on our YouTube channel tonight, this lovely, beautiful Sunday night in Central Scotland where I am, then I thank you for taking time out to, to join us. On the pod tonight, we discuss the second competitive league game of the season, our first at Ibrox this year where we beat Livingston 4-0 yesterday. Uh, we'll do a bit about Liam Balligan, um, how impressive he was yesterday and maybe put a... Um, a few sort of arguments to to test and rest maybe yesterday. We'll cover the options that Michael Beale seems to suddenly have developing from a, a front three perspective, which I think is quite exciting. And we will also do a little bit of a look ahead as far as predictions are concerned with my two guests for the huge, massive, massive game that we have on Tuesday night of next week for the second leg against Sunbet in Switzerland. Uh, joining me on the pod tonight is Ian Mitchell. Hello, Ian. How are you? Very good, mate. Yeah, as I said, it's always nice to be on after a convincing-ish win. So, yeah, all good for me. <laughs> and Craig Hart, live from Texas, where it looks after. That's a barbecue in the background. I don't want to go into too much on that, but it looks lovely where you are. It looks lovely. It feels roasting, and <laughs> I'm not built for this heat. But I've been kicked <laughs> outside today, so this is what you've got. So, listen, just one thing. you Our WhatsApp chat is really... Lots of different bits and pieces. You went and saw Scott Harfield last week, didn't you, for Charlotte? I did, yeah. Um, yeah, the MLS, uh, I think it was the Cup. It wasn't even an MLS league game. And it was kind of a last-minute thing, to be honest with you. The Dynamo games are quite easy to get tickets for. So yeah. as soon as I seen Charlotte up there, I was like, OK, let's go. We might start school on Monday, so it was our last chance to kind of take him out before he goes back to school. So uh, uh, I, it, was, it wasn't much of a game. Um, uh, Charlotte made it through, and then he got cuffed on Friday night off Miami. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> uh, Mr. Messi. So, uh, but it was good to see Scotty back. We, we all wore our Rangers gear, but he didn't come over. So, big disappointment there. But uh, now it was good to take in a game. Um, he was, he, d- he didn't have a great game, Scott. To be fair, but yeah. um, 
but it was good. It's good to see him. He does seem to be. Um, I think he's settling in. I follow him on Instagram and some of his other social media bits and pieces, and he does seem to be settling into that decent way of life. He only looks like yourself from from Scotland. That's entirely different across the the barbecues in the background and the sunshine coming in your which we definitely don't have. Um, so listen onto the onto the stuff that we're all here to talk about. Ian, I'll start with you. Um, first home game of the season. I I think there's we spent. The best part of last week, regardless of what happened against Servette, still sort of chins on the floor what happened at Rugby Park, to be perfectly honest with you. I think it, it's taken a wee while for that to to sort of settle. Um, you need the good performance yesterday. I'm a great believer in a sort of result in the first instance. And if we got a great performance, then great. I think yesterday Michael Beale needed a good performance as well so that people could see or almost see an identity of the way that he was looking at play. I think that was really important. Um, going into the tie, we saw Connor Goldson and Ryan Jack both rested, I would assume, with a, an eye on, on Tuesday. Um, it's a wee bit surprised that I would like to see Ryan Jack get a, almost a run of consistent games with a bit of regularity, as opposed to just throwing them in and peppering them with, with games back and forth. Are you surprised to see both drop out, albeit at left space for Sifuentes to come in and play? Not so much, to be honest. I'm, I'm more of the opinion that I think we know what Jack can do. He's obviously had so much time out that every time he comes back, I don't feel like he's the kind of guy that needs like a run to get going or to do what he does. Um, so I was quite happy with the team. I'm, I'm a big believer that we don't need defensive midfielders in these kind of games against like the bottom half, at least, games at Ibrook. So to see a midfield of Raskin, Sifuentes, and then the attackers kind of other than that, that, that was very pleasing for me. And obviously, Goldson's just came back. So as you touched on, pretty expected he would sit out. Um, hopefully, he's fit and ready to go for Tuesday night. So that was quite content with the team for once. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm you. I, I, the only thing that I, I I did kind of think, I thought I would have been quite, I would have liked Ryan Jack to maybe play. You would imagine he would play on, on Tuesday. Yeah. I'd, I'd thoroughly expect him to play. I would have liked him to maybe have an hour even in his legs bef- before that game do you know not he's he's i think ryan jack's a really steady reliable player and um, everyone knows about maybe the issues he's had with his injuries in the past um but i would just like to to see him maybe hit the ground and get some games under his belt before we went because tuesday's another huge game for michael Bill. yeah it's going to be interesting to see what team he picks isn't it um I'm with Ian. I was quite content with the the team lineup yesterday. It was nice to see uh, Suter playing on his more, I, I think, his more comfortable side. Um, and then the three midfielders he started with were very mobile, right? So they almost Sifuentes, Campbell, and uh, Raskin had license to basically drive forward whenever they want. There was nobody really sitting uh, if if they didn't need to sit. So that was good. Um, but I, I I would expect Ryan Jack to come back in. Um, uh, but it's interesting because we just talked before we came on there. It's early days, isn't it? He's, he's probably going through the motions uh, live about what his team actually is and you know who's who's performing, who's a little bit ahead in terms of uh, minutes in their legs and all that good stuff. So um, I would like to see Ryan Jack in the team. I think he anchors our team very well, the best uh, when he's on his game. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who he drops out because I don't think anyone really... Uh, had a bad game on Saturday, albeit it's Livingston at home. But a wee bit of pressure on Beale as well to get a good result, you know, after Kilmarnock. So 
uh, maybe that was in the back of his mind as well in terms of having basically six front players, players that can yeah. drive and, and gets goals. So, uh, yeah, let's see what he picks. But uh, it's very much a different looking tie uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was um, it was interesting to see um, Danilo and Dessels sort of playing as the front. I don't even know if they were playing as a front two necessarily. I think there were times they were almost playing as the, the sort of the duo that was spearheading the team from an offensive perspective. But I think Danilo has the, he obviously has that licence, Ian, to, to roam left and right as he pleases. And if there's an opportunity for him to get closer to Dessers, as and when Dessers maybe requires that assistance, you know that he's going to be in there. He was impressive yesterday, I feel. He was, yeah. I think it was important that he was as well after the midweek game because he was playing almost like a left winger most of the time. And most of his time in the ball was outside the box and he was like trying to make chances and try to play make a little bit, which just doesn't seem to be his game at all. He seems like a poacher, a right. proper number nine kind of player. So having him out there, I know like you say, he sort of played with Dessers, then had that freedom that I think the whole midfield did. But on Wednesday, he was just so far out wide, so far out of the box for me most of the time. I think he struggled playing that kind of role. So as you said, the fact he's like in the box, in around Dessers, getting chances, that's where he needs to be. Like he's our he's our biggest outlay this summer. We need to, in my opinion, play to his strengths. And that is having him as that number nine centrally, more not more often than not. Yeah, absolutely. Um Ian, I'll stick with you. Danilo had the first chance of the game, so he took something quite quickly and, and, and skied over. I think it was a it was good as you to rightly say you saw him just for that little sort of period of time he was playing a bit more central and a bit more closer to Dessers. And he, he did he looks he looks like an exciting player. And I think as the season goes on and familiarity develops and relationships continue to to sort of develop, I think we're in for a real good player. And um, we took lead just under ten minutes. Lammers scored first goal um, competitively for the club. Really clever work from Todd Cant. Now, now there's no doubt in my mind that Todd Cantwell is going to be someone who we're going to speak about every weekend on on this podcast because he continues to impress. Um, his his attitude. His gallusness is absolutely spot on, Ian. He was really, really good yesterday and really important to us taking the lead yesterday. Yeah, we'll, we'll speak of him every week as long as he starts. That's the main <laughs> thing. He's, he's the first name in that team sheet for me. Um, like you said, he drives the team, can run with the ball, can pick a pass. He very often does the right thing, which is so underrated, especially in our team. Like Decision-making for a lot of our players is so poor at times, but he seems to be the one like I say, does the right thing more often than not. The, the touch, I know Ross put a video in our chat this morning of like a slowed down version of that touch to give him the space to then make the, the cross shot, but to put the ball across, that's top class. Like That's so good. And it's, it's something that we, we don't have, again, enough players that do that kind of thing. So, yeah, he was, he didn't get the assist for it, obviously, but that was all him to create that chance. And even the little dummy before it, I think, as you touched on, once these players get a bit more relationships and that develops and things, things like that will come. But that seemed like quite encouraging to me that he, he knew where, I think it was, I want to say it was Dessers, I might be wrong there, but he knew the player was behind him so he could let the ball run. And then again, that connection to make the pass back to him, it's very encouraging because we've not seen a proper style from this team just yet. We don't. I don't think anyone knows how Beal's trying to play. Yeah. We know what he says, we know what he wants in a, in a certain context, but to see it firsthand, I think that was the first kind of moment I've thought, there it is, that's, I don't want to say beal ball, but that is the kind of movement that I think we're trying to make happen more often here. So, yeah, very encouraging. Craig, Lammers has came in for a bit of criticism um, already. Um, 
because that's what we do. If if these players don't hit the ground running, we we have this right to to sort of criticise them. I see guys comment on Dessa's weight, etc. In the chat, um, Lammers took it really well. I thought. I think he took it. I think he took it really, really well. His problem, I think, he has is that he is he's looks tricky enough and technically clever enough to be a winger, but he doesn't have the pace um, to be a winger. Where do you stand on him? I thought he played okay yesterday. I didn't think he was he was really really poor I, th- I thought he'd done all right yeah i agree um his attitude's great same with desos to be fair to him because he was quizzed on you know the intensity and whatnot he says well I'd, I'd rather be a club that's just intense than yeah than one that has no standards so so that was good to hear um again i hate to heart back on him sound like a broken record it's early days isn't it um lammers looks like he's got great technical ability you said it no pace he keeps trying because he's got the right attitude and he's in one of those positions he needs to try something either a trick or or, or or a fancy pass whatever it is because he needs to create that's his job and if it doesn't pan off the way he, he meant it to then so be it uh, he's going to come into that flack um so as long as he keeps going and keeps going and he doesn't get deflated i'm okay with that and if it's not working everyone has a bad day at work um we'll bring someone else in but um yeah no i like i like the look of lammers i think he's a bright spark definitely has all the ability in the world it's just about as ian touched upon there how 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 beal wants to play and where, where he where he really fits in whether it's coming off the wing or if he plays that number 10 role we'll, we'll see over the course of time but i'm of the old school scott um you know i'm like i grew up in the walter era and he just put good players on the park and relied on them to make things happen. Um, so I, I, I'm getting kind of those vibes early um, from Beal because um, he's obviously signed good players. Um, so we just need to give them time and see how it works out. Levy was pretty bread and butter yesterday. I think Michael Beal's already shown he can deliver in these types of games, albeit uh, the hiccup last week at Rugby Park. But I think it'll come good, and um, we just need to stick by them and, and, and let them figure it out. We'll see. Tuesdays, again, we'll come to Tuesday, but it's a, it's a different affair, isn't it? So that's that's psychologically uh, a big test as well for these players. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, elsewhere in the first half, John Sewer has a chance. Um, not long after Lammers puts us 1-0 up, fires it right over the bar when he probably should at least work the goalkeeper. Um, and we act, we score a second goal. Um, Sifuentes, of course, has the, the, the volley. Um, sorry, half volley, a volley first that the goalkeeper, George, made a, a really, really good save from. Um, and from the resulting corner, um, Barisic, great delivery, but a pinball in the six-yard box and Sifuentes, it does hit his hand, I felt. Um, disallowed for VAR. Ian, I thought Sifuentes was really impressive yesterday for a guy who is not long in the country. And listen, we all know that he's, he's played right through the sort of MLS season without a break, etc., 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 and I've I've seen a lot of people maybe question the fact that he doesn't have a, a great grasp of of the English language. But I, I almost, without sounding sort of birthday cardy about it, the the sort of the gift of being able to play football is a language in itself, and it just it just works for him. I thought he looked really good yesterday too. Yeah, very much so. Um, it's quite. I was curious to see where he would play exactly because I saw a lot of. Like predicted lineups and stuff had him as like a sort of sitting midfielder with like Raskin and Cantwell beside him. I thought I, I didn't see that happen because any clip I see, he's the kind of box to box guy. He's the one breaking lines and trying to get in the box and stuff. So 
to see him more closer to Tav and that right sort of side of midfield, the right central midfield, however you want to call it. Yeah. Um, I think it's his best role. I didn't think the first sort of 10, 15 minutes he was playing, I wouldn't say playing bad, but he, was, he seemed to be playing a little bit safe. He just sort of got the ball and looked for Tav, got the ball, looked for Tav, which is fine. He's got to settle in in some, in some way, but yeah. he really grew into the game for me. Um, you, you mentioned the half volley, which could have gone in. Again, if he's he's pretty unlucky for the goal, that could easily have been counting if he just kind of moves his hands a little bit. So it shows he's got that sort of attacking intent, which an attack-minded midfielder never goes amiss in our team, obviously. So very promising. And, and as you say, if that's him without a great grasp of language, he, he's also only kind of seen Kilmarnock and Livingston. So it's quite a welcome to Scottish football he's had in terms of like hammer throws. But, um, no, very promising. Um, I think he's going to do very big things for us, hopefully long term. Yeah. And Craig, you know, one of the things that when the Sifuente story was in the ether for a long time before he came came along, and I think a lot of people sort of pictured the, the sort of midfield three that maybe we saw yesterday. We were asking Sifuente and Cantwell, and Cantwell just having that licence to do almost as he pleases. Yeah. Um, he done that yesterday, and I, I think we, we saw enough yesterday. And nobody's argument is it was against Livingston. So you're against guys like, um, with the best one in the world, Jason Holt, your Andrew Shinnies, etc. You're, you're up against these guys. But um, the more that these guys played, assuming these are the sort of the three that maybe Bill sees as his strongest midfield selection in there, bear in mind you're not, you're not including guys like Ryan Jack then, John Lundstrom then, you know what I mean? Anyone yeah. else that potentially comes in. Um, they, I thought they looked really quite handy together, like they had been playing together for a long time. Yeah, he, he looked like he was in cruise control yesterday for me. You know, he's he's, he's playing come from MLS. He's playing in summer heat in the USA, um, yeah. which I can tell you a thing or two about. <laughs> That's why Scott Arfield came off after sixty minutes the other day. I'm convinced, but. Um, so, so for him to get that dry Scottish air at home against Levy and get time on the ball, he's just looks easy for him. Um, but you're right, he, looked, he came in and didn't look out of place, didn't look like a new player. He came in and just did his job very well. Could have been on the score sheet. I think it was handball, wasn't it? But um, yeah, he, he, he just looks very comfortable, very competent, um, very mobile, like Raskin-esque in, in, in terms of that. So um, yeah, very promising. Um, I think we've got a good, ourselves a good player on our hands. But again, you know, there's quite a big squad here. So it'll be interesting to see. You would expect Sifuentes to be a starter uh, as the season progresses. You would expect that. So is that the midfield that we're going to see going forward, what we've seen yesterday? Uh, I'd like to think so, if things work out the way we envision them. But um, it's a long old season, different games, different horses for courses, all that pattern. So, but I liked what I've seen from him. Boy did no wrong, did he? So good on him. Ian, I wasn't at the game yesterday. I was in I was out in the piss, to be perfectly frank, with Maggie's Patterson. Um however, coming off at half time, you were obviously at the game, I know you were there. Atmosphere generally as they're coming in, one nothing up. How was it? It wasn't scintillating, I'll put it that way. Um I think everyone Tommy and Ross touched on this um, in the sort of post-match, but half-time felt okay. Like everyone kind of knew where we were. Winning, can't have too many complaints, pretty dominant. Can't really think of many chances, if any, Livingston had. I think defence was doing well, so 
everyone's a bit understanding. Obviously, it's a lot easier being 1 0 than 0 0. So it was okay. But as that second half started to progress, especially like you're looking at the clock 50, 60, 70, I think 50,000 in there think we all know what's coming here. Yeah. We all know there's a late free kick coming, there's a late set piece, there's a chance coming. And we've seen this film before, kind of thing. Um, yeah. So, not to get too far ahead of where we are just now, but half time was okay. But it was getting to that sort of toxic ish state that we saw again on Wednesday night um, and just wasn't the most comfortable place for me to be, let alone the guys on the pitch. Um, it kind of got progressively worse, as I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to here. We took it all, we brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, I, you're absolutely right. I'm, I mean, I, I was at the Servette game uh, midweek, and there's a there's a weariness, I think, when we're not pumping teams at Ibrox, regardless of who it is, to be perfectly frank. There's a weariness. Do you know what I mean? We just, there's a, we must be battering teams every time at Ibrox. And I get that. Do you know what I mean? Everyone wants to see their team be scoring goals, attractive football, etc. Um, but I just, I, I did wonder, um, do you know what I mean? One nothing, turned the same pages time and time again. You think, oh, they're going to, their big centre half's going to come up in 90 second minute and put one in the top corner. I mean, you're, you're, as I say, you're wary of that. Listen, we came out for the second half. Um, Danilo forces a good save again from George. It was a goal that was very similar to one that he scored in pre season um, with Fire the before yeah. it came over. Yeah. Big man with a really good save down his left hand side. Um, and interesting, Ian, you refer to them not having a lot, Jack Butland not having a lot to do in the first half. He has to make two really quick, clever saves within a couple of minutes of each other at, again, one nothing, one of which does come from Andrew Shinney. Two really good saves. At that point, you're thinking, this is it. This is going to happen again. They're good. This, this is, do you know what I mean? We're going to drop points here. Um, the importance of having a Proper, not proper number one, maybe an experienced number one. And we've spoke about this in podcasts for years and on. And now we're, do you know what I mean? If you have a goalkeeper that can make big saves in, in any sort of games, not big, not big games, but if you're 1-0 up, one goal brings it back to level. So your goalkeeper needs to be able to make important saves at important times in the game. Butland does that twice. The second save in particular for Andrew Shinney, I thought was a really, really clever save. Very good. Um, yeah, I mean... I'd, I'd imagine McGregor saves both of them, to be honest. Um, I don't think either would trouble him too much. In the first, when I was in the stadium, the first save looked ridiculous because it sort of hits off a couple of bodies in the way through. I, Seeing it on telly, I don't think does it justice to how good it is. So I think that one's kind of going underrated a little bit. But yeah, Butlin just seems to tick every box that you want. Like He's commanding. He's not afraid to shout at a defender or 
Dessers as it was for that shinny shot. He's straight at him, as a few yeah. of the players are, understandably. Um, but even just like coming for the ball, he always holds the ball, which I think is very underrated, especially in a modern kind of goalkeeper. Like anything comes near him, just, just holds it. That's, that's why I like Butland. He's got a kind of hybrid to him. Like he's got that modern goalkeeper that he can kick it, he can play with the ball. He's quite stylish on the ball, I guess you could say. But he yeah. also does just does the basics very well. It's a perfect balance for me. Um, he does everything. And again, it's easy to say that kind of straightforward-ish saves, but if that goes in and that game goes to one each, as we touched on there, Ibrox becomes beyond toxic at that point. So massively important that he saves both of them. And just his overall performance for me was, was pretty impressive yet again. Craig, Ian refers to um, something that I'm so glad he brought up because I was going right on to it next. Um, it's often... When new players arrive at football clubs, um, it maybe takes them a wee while to bed themselves in as far as maybe, sorry, calling other players out. And we were really accustomed to watching Alan Rigger shout at anyone that deserved it, regardless who it was. It could have been the captain. It was more often not Sasa Papach, to be perfectly honest with you. But he would give anyone both barrels if they deserved it. I actually liked seeing Butland have a go at Dessers because it shows instantly, two games in competitively, that he knows that anything less than doing your job properly just isn't going to be enough at this football club. He's obviously an opportunity where he's got a chance to maybe, hopefully, win some medals, have some medals in, in that cabinet at home that he'll have. I just liked the way that he was instantly into Dessers to say, listen, that isn't good enough. And it has to be better moving forward. Yeah. And, you know, to your earlier point, I think Griggsy sometimes gave both barrels to people that maybe didn't deserve it. Uh, <laughs> Butland has been the most impressive signing thus far for me. The coin old Rangers Daffley phrase, he's, he looks Rangers class. Yeah. And he's a big, dominant, commanding presence. I like what he did against Servette the other night with a penalty fronted the guy up, you know, right. he did everything he possibly could to make a, an awkward penalty, exactly. So little things like that, you can just tell he's a very experienced uh, player, um, played with massive clubs before, so has the mentality to come right in and hit the ground running for us and has done so, really. Uh, good to see him get his clean sheet yesterday, talked about the saves he made and, you know, Dessel's mistake and giving him dog's abuse. All of that, you love to see it. Uh, and it just gives you a little bit more um, comfort uh, and security, knowing that he's back there, seeing the game in front of him, commanding uh, everything ahead of him. I think that anxiety you talk about, I hear, heard the groans. Obviously, I'm watching from over here. Um, that it just comes from uncertainty. You know, I, I, it, it, has, it gets the better of me at times as well. The worst thing in life is not knowing and you don't know that's when the anxiety comes from and that's when your emotions pour out and so it's just going to take time and um i think if you had ended the game yesterday you know 75 minutes the crowd would have went away you know but you know last 15, last 15 minutes uh great subs big impact turned up the heat scored three great goals so you know the game's 90 minutes plus long it's no 75 minutes long so we just maybe show a bit more patience and um yesterday was a much much better showing wasn't it um yeah butland was great and uh long may it continue yeah absolutely ian we made some subs 
Um, as, as Craig rightly says, we saw Dowell coming on, Matondo came on, again, out of nowhere. Everyone thought that Matondo was going down the same for Leeds or Cardiff, I think, last week. Neither. Um, he was involved yesterday. Elements of the Scott Wright about that a little bit. You know what I mean? Potentially, I was speaking to someone. I don't think it was, to be perfectly honest with you. But it was good to see him involved, I thought. Played OK as well. We'll come back a second. Um, Danilo gets his first goal. And the... The thing I really liked about this was his, apart from anything else, the ball from Borna Barisic is absolutely different class. And we can do the Ridvan Barisic debate if you like. I'm quite happy to do that. But Ridvan does not cross the ball like Barisic does for that goal. Just doesn't happen. Danilo's finish I thought was really, really good. Clever header. Mightily relieved to see it nestle in the back of the net, as you'd expect. He looked a different player, I felt, when he was playing through the middle on his own. Yeah, that's where he's got to be for me. Um, I totally get Bill's thinking of like playing guys into fitness and playing the kind of newbies and seeing who can build what kind of connection. But as I touched on at the start, he's our main signing in a monetary sense. So he's got to be where he wants to be. There's a lot of talk of like Cantwell as well, playing like central midfield instead of like on the wing or attacking midfield. I think if you can get Cantwell and Danilo in their best positions, that's guaranteed at least a goal or two a game. Between, between the two of them, so we need to be doing more of that. Um, Bonner, yeah, he's, he's so frustrating to me, Bonner. Um, I'm, I'm in the Yilmaz camp still. I'm one of these guys who prefers Yilmaz playing for what I think he brings to a Beal kind of team, but there's no doubt in Bonner's crossing ability. But that's that's what frustrates me, as I said. It's, he puts maybe five, ten crosses in per game, and a lot of them are just hitting hopes, or putting into a decent area kind of thing, whereas for that one, he actually looks up, sees where Danilo is and just puts it on his head. Well, that's what he can do if he picks someone out. He's done the same sort of thing in midweek. He, he picked out Danilo, obviously it misses him and goes through to Dessers, but he looked up and found the man. And that's that's what Bonner's strength is. He can pick a man out from 20, 30, 40 yards away. And it's quite nice as well because I sit right behind where Bonner crossed that from and immediately as that goes in, he turned to the crowd and just gave it a kind of like there you go, kind of thing. It's quite, it's quite arrogant, but in a good way. Like that's, I think I said it in the chat. You want an angry Borner. You want a Borner. Absolutely. Playing for his position, playing for his his status at the club. I guess you could say because he keep, he's not daft. He's going to know. A lot of booze come from him, maybe not getting up the pitch as much or, or maybe playing that sort of blind cross. So, yeah. I think it's quite good for his confidence to get an assist. Albeit the main thing is, as you say, Danilo's first goal and hopefully the first of many. Listen, I, I think Cubby's absolutely spot on. And I, I, one of the things that I think Borna does have against him is consistency, and that's going to that's going to be the problem. There's a couple of really really big games coming up, and um, we will need to see the very 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 best version of Borna in each of these games, European games. But do you know what I mean? We're particularly talking about uh, the game the first weekend in September at Ibrox. If Redvan isn't involved in any shape or form, if Redvan's still here. At that point, I think it's really important that Borna is absolutely ready to go, hit the ground running, and 110%. We, we can't have any less than that. He was good, and I, I I actually feel he started the season reasonably well for a guy that everyone maybe expected to be disappearing in the summer. So it's one to watch. There's no two ways about that. Um, so first goal of the club for Danilo. Craig, good to see. Um, really happy that he's got his first one. And the second, sorry, the third goal... Um, was from Sima substitute. Um, Dessers has a, has an effort and it's kind of pinball again. There was quite a few of that um, yesterday, and and Sima thrashes it in. 
he is someone who I think looks really raw. Um, and I've, I've said that since he arrived. I, I've no doubt there are people that have, have kind of made their mind up already, similar to what some have done with Bexels. Um, but I do think he looks like a good player. And I do think if if we can afford the perseverance to to maybe model him for a wee while, the obvious argument is a loan signing, so you're modelling him for Brighton, perhaps. Um, I think he looks okay. I, I think he could do a job for us this season back and forth. Same broken record, Ansel Scott, too early to tell. <laughs> and uh, that's going to be the theme of Craig's responses on this pod now. In all seriousness, you know, uh, when him and Matondo came on, he gave us a bit more width, pace, obviously. Um, Cantwell was a bright beacon because we, we kind of lacked those two things. So he was driving the team when he was on the park. And then when he made the subs, width and pace, essentially, uh, what created the last few goals. So, uh, yeah, again, he had, he had, what, 15 minutes or so. So he did fine. And um, th there's no doubt that all the players that Fields brought in have ability. I think they've all shown flashes of their ability. It's the consistency. It's producing. It's the end product. That's If, if you don't get that, that's what, that's what brings the moans and groans. Yeah. Dessers, you know, I'm sure Borna and Lundstrom will be going over and giving Dessers a hug for taking some of the heat off them. <laughs> um, but again, you know, the boy's a young boy. He's coming to a big club. Um, he's probably never had this expectation on his shoulders before. Yeah. And it, now he's in the heat of the battle already. Champions League qualifier uh, on Tuesday. Did he do enough to get in the team? I'm not so sure. But he certainly has ability. So, you know, let's give the boy the season. Let's see what he can do. But th the main pressure is on Michael Beale to pick the right team for the right job and get results. So um, each player will play their role as the season goes on. Talked about Borna there. I'm in the same camp as Ian. I, I want to see Ridvan, but you know we've seen this much of Ridvan. We've seen this much of Borna, so we kind of know what we're getting from Borna. Um, where Ridvan's big question mark still over his head. Time, time will tell, you know. So, uh, but yeah, Sebo looked fine. Um, good goal for him. That'll do his confidence a little bit good as well. So yeah, good stuff. Ian, best goal of the afternoon, without debate, um, was the last one. Um, fourth goal of the afternoon and. There's always something extra special about a lefty hitting it into the top right-hand corner. You know, I've played football for years, and I ain't a lefty by any matter of means. Um, but you always felt that if you if you were playing with someone who had a good left foot, you knocked that across him, and he was going to ping it right in the top right-hand corner. You were seeing something pretty special. Kieran Dowell's goal yesterday was absolutely outstanding. Apart from his finish, his touch to play in Matondo, yes. sort of straight away was really, really clever. I thought it gave Matondo an opportunity to maybe showcase some of the things that we think he has that we maybe seen against West Ham two years ago, to be perfectly frank with you. Um, he looked good when he came on, but I thought Kieran Dills, what a finish it was. It was something else, wasn't it? Beautiful. Just just beautiful. Um, I think as we touched on with Danilo and, and Sima, it's, it's good for him to get a goal as well. Yeah. Um, and a midfielder in a Rangers shirt taking a long shot. I mean... What we possibly ask for here? This is stuff <laughs> of dreams. <laughs> and no, like you said, the touch to the awareness, I think, is a big thing because he's, he's sort of facing the stand when he's making that touch and then putting in Matondo's path just to go. When you go in, do like you say, do what we. I was going to say, no, you can do, but do what we hope you can do in terms of driving forward like that. Again, decision making, making the right pass because there's a few different options there. I've got guys teaming forward. It's like four on three, I think. So. There's plenty of different ways he could go. 
And then Dibble, just as you say, just going, nah, this is mine. Bang. Comes off the bar and that beautiful sort of motion that we all want to see. Um, and yeah, I think he looked buzzing for that. So again, a lovely finish in terms of the afternoon, just to, to wrap things up beautifully. And again, Ian, I'll stay with you because I asked you what the mood was like at half time because it was one nothing, but you're very aware that a goal could have changed it. Those three goals came in the last sort of 10 minutes, I think it was, roughly 12 maybe minutes. And I think you come away thinking, thank Christ for that, to be perfectly honest with you. But it's it's obviously a relief because he's got three points on the board, four goals up. Um, it just it was, a, it was a nice way to end the game, albeit we had that wee spell in between maybe half-time and 65 minutes where things just looked a little bit disjointed, I feel, to get to 90 minutes and win 4 nothing, so That's quite a big deal. We should be quite happy with that. Definitely. I, I will admit, I was a little bit frustrated in the sense that that's what we should have done on Wednesday night. And then we're going away to Switzerland thinking, oh, this is done. We, we can just yeah. rest a few bodies, have a nice time in Switzerland and, and get back through the next yeah. round. But yeah, obviously, four goals. Livingston, Livingston aren't a bad side in terms of what they do. They're probably the best at what they do in terms of making it stuffy. You've seen both us and them have problems with them. Most of them, to be honest, over the last few years. But we saw Ibrox last year, it was difficult. So it's not as if we've always just brushed Livy aside. Um, even the games we have won have always been quite tight. I mean, you think of the, the Tavern Arfield goals late on last season and stuff like that. So on paper, a 4-0 win over Livingston with so many guys getting the first goals for the club. It's it's a very good afternoon, albeit he touched on. We just need to make it a 90-minute performance and not the first half hour, last 12 minutes kind of thing. That's Course. Game of touch on it. That's Bill's big job now, just making it a consistent battering, if you want to put a better term on it. But it'll come, hopefully. Craig, when Michael Beale brought Liam Balligan back to the club, um, where did you sit on that? Well, you know, I think it was pitched that he was covering for a long term injury for Leon King, right? So from that perspective, I was perfectly okay with it. Uh, from the perspective of I'm bringing Leon Balligan back to the club to enhance the defence. Mm. <laughs> so I, I'd never had a problem with Leon Balligan. I thought I was quite surprised. I think many of us were when he wasn't offered a new contract. Um, so he, he had a great game yesterday. I think uh, I was watching RTV and was it Lewis uh, McLeod. Yeah. Uh, he gave him man a match. Um, so, so that was good. Um, but... I, you know, I think he can do a job for us. It's a long old season, right? Um, I know you're going to ask me about back threes and whatnot. Yeah. I'm not sure he slips in ahead of uh, the other options right now. But, um, you know, I, I think Leon Balakin is a good person to have around the club. Right attitude. Um, I think maybe he's a bit like Borna, though, in terms of the consistency level. So it'll, it'll, time will tell again if he can keep up that level of performance as the season goes on. So, we'll see. Ian, I'll come to you first because I knew you are very much a student of the back five. Now, Michael Beale did say um, in the post-match presser, of course, we were there, Tommy McIntyre and Ross Chalmers were there for this side of um, If you haven't had the chance to to check out their analysis post-match for the gantry, I'd recommend you do that. It's our YouTube channel. Please jump on and have a look. Um, Balligan was fantastic. And we should get used to seeing a back three. Um, I don't think we've seen a back three pre-season. 
maybe. If we have, I think I've missed it. Um, if we do get a back three, who's dropping out for you, Ian? How does he, how does he manage a back three? Is it a, for example, is it a 3-5-2? Are we going to see the sort of the Man City version of a back three, which would be fantastic? I don't think we will. Um, I, I'm curious to know how he manages that. His job, certainly, but what would you do? It's a very tricky one. Um, to go back to the Balogun point, I, I was very much in the don't sign Balogun camp. So I was eating a lot of humble pie um, against Levy because he was probably man of the match. So he, that's his bread and butter game. I think I saw one of the comments saying that, but that he was excellent. So my hands are up in that sense. But the back three for me is always a very interesting conversation because people say it's a back five, it's defensive. I just leave it at that. But it's it's it can be so much more than that. I mean, we saw Suter driving out with the ball so often, not just at the weekend there, but that's what he does. Goldson's... He does it now and again, but not quite to Suter's sort of expertise, I guess you could say. But I think if you put Suter in like the centre of a back three, I know Ross and, and Tommy touched on this and who plays where exactly, but if Suter's playing that central role, he, he could almost play it like a sort of defensive midfielder and yeah. just move sort of between midfield and defence, depending on how we need to set up. And then if you're having your wing-backs, probably Tavon Borner, so far up the pitch, it's suddenly a very attacking formation you just get two centre-backs and the rest are just going. Yeah. Which is something I think domestically we should see quite a... Well, I'd like to see anyway because I just think we should just steamroll these kind of teams, to be honest. But the big thing for a back five for me, or the back three, however, I'm, I'm changing every comment here, but it's in Europe because I think if we can make Champions League, we don't want a rerun of what happened last year where we got just flung about, to be honest. Yeah. So if you've got three solid centre-backs there, which is sort of coming on to who plays where, but three solid centre-backs and then wing backs who can help out, you're suddenly seeing a much solid, a much more solid team than we saw last year when it was like Sands and King trying to defend um, against Liverpool, which none of us want to see again. <laughs> um but I think the big thing about who plays where is interesting because I would always want a left footer as my left centre back. And our only one really is Davies. Yeah. Everyone has their opinions on Ben Davies. I don't think he's going to be here in about a fortnight's time, so I would hope we bring someone in to play that kind of role, and then that's when it links back to playing Yilmaz, because I think it'd give him that licence to just focus on attacking a little bit more, because if we play Yilmaz defensively, as a like, just standard left-back and a back four, he's not kind of built for that in Scotland anyway. Europe, I think, would be he'd be targeted, there's no two ways about it, and even Borna, I think defensively is questionable that whole thing of like he lets the wingers run at him just we've seen that a bit too much so if Davies stays I think he could suit that role quite well but I'm more inclined to think he's leaving and someone else is coming to play that sort of left centre back role sort in the middle and then Goldson on the right helping out Tav defensively just to me looks solid yet gives that attacking threat that I think a lot of people take for granted if you say the words back five with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you know, I'll tell you what I did see tonight, and... I've not covered this in agenda, but I'm sure we've been linked with a guy who was at Aberdeen during the 55 season, a guy that was called Zach Viner. I think we've been linked with him tonight. I saw something very, very quickly before we came on here, and I didn't add it onto the agenda purposely because I just never got the chance to, to, to sort of look at it properly. He's a left-sided centre-half. Um, so I, I, I do wonder if he's someone that... that we're, we're potentially looking at. Um, I don't. I personally don't have a, a great problem with a back three, Craig. I I think it's something that we we what we don't want if we go to back three is we don't want to see the same back three situation like we had with um, USG last season across there when Lundstrom's shoehorned yeah. in to to sort of play one of those positions. It's unfair to Lundstrom in the first instance, but I instantly push in the back foot because you've got players playing out of position and they need to compensate for whatever else is, is 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 going on around the pitch. Where do you stand in a back three? Who would you go with as your back three? Just copy and paste what Ian said a minute ago for most of it. He's not left me with much content here. Uh, no, I think I, I'm, I agree with Ian. I think, you know, John Souter might be our secret John Stones, maybe. You know, he, he definitely comes out and goes on those type of mazes. Haven't really seen that since, you know, maybe Lorenzo Amoruso, maybe. I don't know. Maybe Maggi Baguera was probably the last one. Um, so I'm inclined to play him central for that reason. Uh, 100% need a left-sided centre-half, whether it's Ben Davis or your new signing. Um, none of us know if Ben Davis is going to be here or not. I mean, expected yeah. Scott Wright to be gone by this point. He's still here, so <laughs> who knows? Um, he's a bit, he's a bit soft. Ben Davis, for my liking, I've been impressed with Suter, but then you see him at Rugby Park how he get caught out with the ball under his feet. He's not a naturally left-sided player. You'd like to think if Davis was in there, he just clears the ball immediately. <laughs> um, but. Who knows? We'll never know. But uh, yeah, so I'd have Ben Davis for now on that side and Goldson on the right side. That'd be my back three. And then the, I guess you would coin the phrase wing backs. Um, so you would presume that would be Tavernier. And I think Redvan would be more suited to that wing back role than Bonner would be. Yeah. So I'd be inclined yeah. to play Redvan. Um, I think he'd get something down the line a bit more. Uh, so that'd be my choice. Do you know, the ironic thing about it is, and none of these have covered this, and I wasn't sure if he's would, but by by trying to, to squeeze in each of the names for your three centre-half positions, you almost don't think about the issue it gives for having to pick all the guys that play ahead. That's right. You, know what I mean? yeah. you think about the guys that, that weren't involved yesterday. Now, I think we do think that Scott Wright is going to disappear. Um, and regardless of Matondo setting up that for, for Dill yesterday, I think there's a good chance he'll go as well. Um, there's no Tom Lawrence in there. Hadji, who I'm going to come on to you next, Ian. I know we sh- you believe we should be potentially cashing in on brand Hadji if we're not going to use him, yes. which I think is fair. But if you take one person for the midfield to push him back into a three, you're instantly losing someone. So you're losing a, 
Lamas, a Danilo, a Dessas, a Raskin, or a Cantwell. Goodness me, good luck picking who you don't want to play. Um, so it becomes a, I think, becomes a, a really difficult decision for Michael Beale to manage. Should he go to a three? And I don't think that we're suddenly going to see this rigid back three every game in, but it's clearly something he's going to be considering, Ian, if we come to big games where we may don't necessarily think we're at it, but maybe he just thinks he needs to be a bit more compact than what you would do against a Livingston Ross County era. Yeah, yeah, which makes total sense. And I think something that I really don't want to see, which you sort of touched on at the start of this, is as a midfielder put into centre back the way Lundstrom played at USG. And I think he also played at Kilmarnock on the opening day. I think every like stat map and position map shows him sort of more further back than Tavernier is. And then sort of beside Goldson, I don't he's not the guy that should be starting attacks for us. So a midfielder in that role isn't the one for me, it just it defeats the whole purpose of playing that way. So I think there's there's situations where it can work, but I'm more looking at Europe for that. The difficult away ties in Europe, maybe a couple of games domestically, like the Parkhead or, or Pitodri, maybe. But I, I, even at that, I wouldn't think other than Celtic, we should ever play a back five because, as you said, it's, it's taking away one of their creative players. And it's it goes back to, I think, I'd rather win 5-2 than try and sneak a 1-0 with a back five, so we need to be fluid with it, but I think it is good options to have, and it's not... When Gerard was here, it was very 4-3-3, and that's it. I think we we need to have a bit more variety, too many players for that sort of set system. Um, but as you say, I think the Hadri issue, just to sort of skip a little bit, is one that I, I was a bit annoyed as such with the subs. Again, I look stupid saying it now, but when Sima and Matondo came on, I thought, Hadji's sitting there, Hadji's built for this game. Like he's the creative force. He can unlock a defense. He, if you play Hadji for 90 minutes, he's going to get an assist. He might give the ball away 85 times in that game, but he will get an assist or a goal. Absolutely. So to not use him at home to Livy was quite telling for me. Like I, if you don't use him then, well, when are you going to use Hadji? I don't he's not going to start midweek. He's not going to play at Park or sorry, against Celtic um, in a, a few weeks' time. So yeah, the whole Hadji brand thing, he's he's a massive name. The whole of Turkey would probably take him in a heartbeat. Yeah. And I don't think it would be a sort of cut price deal. I think we could still get like the figures that Kamara's been spoken about getting for him. So if you've got Lawrence, Cantwell, Lammers, etc., etc., sitting yeah. sort of waiting in the wings, a few of them, why not get the money for Hadji and then upgrade whether it's left centre back as we spoke on or full back and just reinvest it somewhere in the team what we could do with a top quality starter coming in just to me makes perfect sense as much as like, i do need caveat all that with the fact that i love hadji and i'd, I'd happily see hadji get a lot more minutes yeah. Yeah, because he has such an impactful player for us but if people doesn't fancy him if it doesn't suit a people system don't keep him on the bench it's just a waste of, of everyone's time so you refer to um potentially if, if more money was to come in maybe enhancing the cover on both right and left side, maybe considering the sorry, situation with Redvan and Borna, should one of those go, might not happen. Um, mm-hmm. Dujon Sterling, of course, was one of the subs that, that came on, a bit, got a bit of game time yesterday. Huge boy. Goodness me. So I, when I saw the pictures of him, I had no idea just what a solid build of a boy is. He looks like he'll be very handy. I mean, and, and I think he's someone who can particularly play comfortably either side, going by what we've all been led to believe since since he arrived from, from Chelsea. Um, bit of a utility man. And 
who's to say he can't play in that sort of back three scenario? Do you know what I mean? He's going to be a good player to have this season, I think, for us. Definitely, yeah, and he's, he's like you say, he's versatile, so it's it's nice that Tav has a bit of actual competition, I think, because he last few it. years, even at this point, probably Tav is going to get a, the 90 minutes if he's fit, but from the start of the season, he's not been at it by his yeah. incredibly high standards. Yeah. Um, he's got a lot of pressure on him, you can sort of see that. He, he hit a corner, just as an example, and I think he got booed before he even hit the corner because he came, what, 60 yards when Bonner could have just tapped on him at Tondo, which is quite late in the game, but there was a few groans and moans, and then he hits the corner straight out of play. So I think that's not a coincidence. I think he's a little bit confident shy at the moment. So having a guy right there, as you say, he's a big boy, he's an athlete, looks like he can run and, and do what a right back should be able to do. So that's massive for us. And then, as you say, he can easily sit in a back five. I think that's how he played for Stoke more often than not last season, as that yeah. centre-back in a back five. So he could be the answer sitting staring at his own face. So I wouldn't be too shocked if he comes in, to be honest, um midweek. I, I don't want to jump to like predicted lineups or anything. I don't think no. he'll start, but I wouldn't be against it given his profile and, and what we kind of need to do um, on Tuesday. Craig, one of the things that I think's been levelled um in the last sort of week or so um is the lack of wingers at, at the club just now. Um do do you think we need to enhance that area of the pitch, that final third of the pitch? Are you happy with what we have based on what we've seen so far? And I know it's early to say, I get that, but do you think that from what you have seen that these guys need support? Yeah, that's a tough question, Scott. Um, I think there's a big feeling amongst the fans right now after seeing Sakala go out the door that he was a winger with numbers to his game. Now we don't have him and we haven't replaced him. Yeah. Only time will tell if that's true or not. I just want to see quality players at the club. Yeah. And uh, I don't think Sakala was of the quality that we're aspiring to achieve. So with that said, um, whoever we sign, I don't want it to be another project like Matondo or a project like Scott Wright. I want it to be an established player that can come in and be in the first team and enhance the squad and the first team, the first 11. So uh, I don't know. I'd rather... For me, the, the priority is a left-sided centre-half. If uh, uh, I'd rather have one over Ben Davis, if we can do a deal to get him out and someone else in, that would be my preference. Same terms apply, by the way, in terms of coming in experienced and hit the ground running. So, uh, but I, I don't know if that's going to be style or if we're going to utilise the wing-backs for width more rather than having wingers up top. Because, um, you know, we play with that system with Kent out and 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 Scala on the right the last end of last season and then we've got nobody in the box now we've got players in the box nobody in the wing so it's uh it's, it's definitely a conundrum to solve um just as well i'm not the manager but uh <laughs> i again transfer windows open scott eh? so we'll see what happens yeah, absolutely you know the one thing i i think that um i think we if you look back to how um Brian Kent was last season. He never really played as a winger as far as I was concerned anyway. And and certainly never performed like you would expect a Rangers winger to perform. So um and I don't want people to sort of refer to Daniel Candace and all that, but he he was <laughs> do you know what I mean? Last right winner we had, it's up for debate as far as I'm concerned, you know. Um I personally don't think we do need any more assistance in that area of the pitch. Um we're, we're 
are quite lucky up there. You know, Danilo, Dessers, Lammers. Cantwell can play in one of those forward positions almost as a false nine, which is something that you may see in big European nights. Touch wood, Ibrox in the not-too-distant future. Tom Lawrence will be back, can also play in the same role. He clearly has a belief that, that Kemar Roof can get back into uh, a fashion of, of becoming a, a useful player for the squad. So I think that we've got a good basis of options almost right across the pitch now, to be honest with you. And listen, Ian, there's no doubt that, that players do need to move out. You look at the obvious ones, your right, your Matondos, Glenn Kamara, how he's still in and around as a Rangers player, I have no idea whatsoever. How it's been allowed to get this far, I think, is quite incredible. However, um, these are all guys I think we could earn a bit of cash on and maybe bank it for come January if we do have a relatively good European run in whichever competition that's going to be. Use some of that money then to maybe enhance the squad as opposed to maybe buying someone now and you need to go through this. Sorry, I think Craig's right when he refers to a project signing. I don't think we should have project signings as such anymore. We need guys that are going to come in and do the job, hit the ground running and perform for the club. Yeah, totally. totally. And, and I think, like you say, we don't, I don't really see a point of buying a winger right now when we sort of need maybe two or three wingers to play a winger-based system. Like, there's no yeah. point buying a top-quality left winger. You've still got no, nobody in the right wing that can do that job. So, I th- it was interesting watching the Man City game a few nights ago because they didn't, they didn't play with a winger. They played with, like, four number 10s in terms of, like, Silva, De Bruyne, Foden, uh, Alvarez, they all played sort of behind Haaland. There was no left winger, there was no right winger. And even when you, you can say, like, Walker's rapid, so that's your right side covered, but the left back, that Rico Lewis, basically played in centre mid. So there's yeah. there's certainly ways that we can make a team work without having a classic number 11 on the wing, the way, like, you touched on it. But Kent was basically an empty jersey every time he played last season. Yeah. Some of it was getting doubly marked out of the game, some was just no confidence, but I don't see a point of buying a winger to then try and shoehorn him into this team that's not built for wingers. So I'd rather work on what we've got in an attacking sense. And like you say, if we do manage to sell Matondo, right, Kamara eventually, even Hadji, that's you're looking at the bulk of nearly 10 million, I'd say, yeah. from those four. I mean, Kamara's talking about 5 million, Hadji wouldn't be too far away from that. So that's almost there straight away. So if you can use, like you say, bank some of that for January or try and buy that proper top quality starting left centre back then suddenly this team's got a whole new dimension to it and yeah I don't, I don't think we're far away from that just where it is however many we can get out dictates what we get in but yeah I've very much not seen the point of buying a winger for this system right now doesn't yeah, make sense to me yeah. listen Craig Dennett returns for the um the warm down tomorrow night from nine o'clock and I don't want to cover too much of the detail that I know he will cover um, however, I am going to give you the opportunity to speak to him about your oozing confident levels for, for Tuesday night. And I'm going to start with you, Ian. Um, you alluded to the game midweek, how we would like to brought a more positive result away from Ibrox, I think. Um, do you feel, did you see a lot of subject to think that they're going to give us a difficult match on Tuesday, do you think? Not on that night, but I think that was down to the red card in a lot of sense because they just got the red card and thought, right, we're trying to take us 2-1 back home. Yep. So I'm not going to take too much into that, to be honest. Obviously, the only goal was a penalty. Again, quite a debatable penalty, albeit it probably was a handball, but 
I, I don't fear them. It's such, maybe that's really arrogant. We obviously saw what happened in USG and they've got a full house and all these kind of things can kick in. But I think if we play to anywhere near as good as we could play, we should be fine here. I don't see us going over there with our attacking talent and not scoring. Maybe even getting a couple. Um, again, you, hopefully guys like Lammers, Danilo, they've got that confidence now, but a little bit of arrogance. They've got their first proper goal, so I'd expect them to take that in. But I'd be very surprised if we don't come away successfully through this tie. I mean, even going 1-0 down and say it does go extra time, the bench that we're going to be able to put out there is full of game changers, yeah. regardless of who starts here. Um, I know Matondo's now not... Is Matondo... Matondo's not in that squad, is he? I'm not sure. I don't think he is, no. I don't think he is. Well, that would have been a shame, because obviously how much confidence he should have going through him just now, that would yeah. have been a, a massive input. But you, I'd imagine Seema will be on the bench. Um, I guess it's hard to pick a team just now because of how well the guys that came in had done. So there's a lot of a lot of good options. So as I say, the bench should be strong either way, but nothing from Servette scares me. And again, I touched on this in the chat before we even played the first leg, but if we can't get through this kind of tie, we shouldn't be anywhere near the Champions League. So if you can't handle going to Servette away, how are you going to cope in the big proper European away trips? So I'm confident. Craig Hugo refers to Servette giving us opportunities. I, I think they will. Um, the secret will be that we don't give any to them, clearly. Um, where's, how are you feeling about it? Are you do you, you feel you've seen enough to think that we can get a result on Tuesday night and then look ahead to PS Feindhoven or, or Sturm Graz? Are you a wee bit scared or do you feel okay about it? Where do I start with this? So I think uh, as a child growing up in the 90s, these games were a nightmare. Um, you think back to AK Athens and we went away with Loudrop and Gaza on the, on the team and, yeah. and, and get put out at this stage. So these games are the worst potential banana skins galore. Um, just going to put it out there that I predicted 2-1 on uh, Ibrox the other night. So I've yeah. got that completely spot on. <laughs> need to give me credit for it, by the way, because it's been so miserable. Um, but I, it didn't surprise me. Um, I, I don't want to be naive uh, and completely disagree with Ian. What I will say is that Servette didn't have all the players available at Ibrox. I want to say they have four or five available on the return leg. So we could yeah. see a different team. They're at home. It's a full house, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, they're certainly a better outfit than Livingston. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I tough one to pick the the team because so many things have happened. We're just off the back of defeat at Kilmarnock. Now we're on the back of a, a drubbing of Levy. Uh, so different teams, different selections. Um, I'm a wee bit apprehensive. I wouldn't. I, be lying if I said otherwise. Um, but if we definitely took a step in the right direction at the weekend, so that'll do our confidence in the world of good. Tough to pick the teams, a different outfit, a uh, different task on Tuesday. So um, I, 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 we should win and we should get through this tie. But um, you know, we've seen it in the past that these, these games can be uh, nerve wracking to say the least. So we'll see. I think CJM55, who joins us on our YouTube channel tonight, absolutely smashes it. So I think what he's suggesting is Butland, Tav, I assume it'll be Goldson, Suter and Barisic, Sifuentes, Jack and Raskin, Lammers and Cantwell playing off at Danilo. 
I think yeah. that setup would get us into the next round. I think that setup would would see us good into the, the sort of playoff game. He instantly then says this: "Seema might be important with his pace. No idea what we'll do." <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know? And, and I think take it, the rawness of Seema is maybe something that he could use because he's he's got that gift of um, almost providing something that's unexpected. And I think his supporters now, to, to comment you said earlier on, Craig, we just don't know yet about these new guys, what they can bring, how they, they deal with pressure. Um, so Sima, again, could be someone who could who they could use for his um, his ability to get in behind. I, I just, I don't know. It's it's a difficult one. I think that um, he's nailed it with, with his first team there, to be honest with you. And I, I do hope that, um, obviously, we go there and get a positive result. PSV Eindhoven and Sturmgrass, well, either team would be um, would be difficult to play in the next round. I think we're all sensible enough to to know and understand that. But um, you just never know. It's the it's the joy of knockout European football. So um, listen, we are just over the hour mark. I will let you guys disappear. Craig, you look really really warm. That fan has been going ten to dozen since we started an hour ago. Um, I really appreciate you coming on in that beautiful US heat. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Always a pleasure. I'm away to jump in that pool behind me as soon as we get off here. <laughs> and Ian, I'd, I'm reasonably sure it's not warm where you are. Yeah, Madam Barton House does not have a pool outside, so Sorry. I'm going to make do with a shower or something, but nah, not quite not quite America. Brilliant. Listen, it's been good to have you in as well, Ian. Thanks for joining us tonight. No, Don't forget, if you're looking at us um, social media tonight, we're available on YouTube and Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We do TikTok. Remember, there was threads as well that came out that seems to have died to death. We're on there too. Um, you can also jump on and check out our website at all the W's. This is ibrox.co.uk. It's had a bit of a rebrand. Um, I do recommend, if you can, jump on, have a look at it. You will love it. Before we go, I can't walk by the women's team's first competitive game of the season today. Um, travel across to M8 to Ainsley Park. We played Spartans, 6-1, great start for, for the women. Um, McCleary, double, Hardy, single goal, Cornet scored two, and a first competitive goal for Laura Berry, which is really, really fantastic. I spoke to, to Joe Potter um, pre-season, um, very positive about the, the youth setup at the club, very positive about this season. I think she's got a really, really cracking start, we should say. Um, I did see this in the interview that from a monthly perspective, from the end of this month, Claire Gemmell is returning to the pod, which we're really, really excited about. Lauren McKenzie has also joined us. So Claire and Lauren and I will be providing your monthly women's pod who will cover everything that's happened in the month um, from the women's team. We do hope to have some um, some representatives on from the women's set up on the pod as well. So we really look forward to that. And it will um, we'll continue to support the, the women's club as, as best as we can. If you're not following us on our YouTube channel, please, please do make sure you like and subscribe. Get us our numbers up. Get up to 6,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. We'll be really pleased with that. Put the notifications in. So every time we release any content, you've got a notification and you can join us. Craig Dennett returns with the warm down from 9 o'clock tomorrow night. He'll be talking all things Servette and we will look forward to that. I return next Sunday to discuss us, hopefully, goodness me, progressing into the next level of the League Cup. Have a great week. Join the guys tomorrow and indeed Kyle on Wednesday too. Bye for now.
Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.